you're listening to the Transport for the North podcast. Hello and welcome to the Transport for the North podcast. I am your host Gemma and today we are bringing you the first in a brand new feature that we're going to bring to you every single month, giving you an overview of recent economics news and policy announcements that impact the North, our people, our economy and of course our transport network. To bring you these updates, we're going to be speaking to members of our TAME team. That's the Technical Assurance Modelling and Economics team. Uh, And that's why we call them uh, the TAME team, because that's much quicker to say. And today, two members of the team, uh, Thomas Newton and Emma Orsalik, are joining me to talk about their recent work. So first, we'll be talking to Thomas Newton. He is our Economics and Analysis Officer uh, regarding the, uh, the policy and economics work that he's been doing. And then we'll be catching up with Emma Orsalik, our Senior Evidence and Analysis Officer. She's been leading on our visitor economy research, which you may have read about. Really exciting project that looked about the impact of the visitor economy in the North, how important it is and how we can build on and support that vital industry. So let's speak to Tom first. Uh, Welcome to the podcast. Let's uh, have a chat with you. Tom, tell us a little bit about yourself. Remind our listeners who you are uh, and what your role is at TFN. Yeah. Hello, Uh, I'm Tom Newton and I'm, as you said, I'm TFN's uh, Economic and Analysis Officer. Uh, I do a lot of work on the uh, Northern Powerhouse Independent Economic Review uh, and provide a fair bit of of ad hoc economic advice to TFN's teams and programmes. A big part of that work is providing economic statistics uh, to support economic narratives uh, and to help tell the story of the northern economy really. Thanks Tom, I know your work is super interesting and as you say it's really important to not only be looking at statistics uh, in terms of the, the the raw data but actually to bring to life what it is they're telling us and really tell that story of uh, of the northern economy. We know the TAME team do a lot of fantastic work through modelling, demonstrating those wider benefits that we can see from transport investment. And that obviously plays a really important role in maximising investment here in the North and is a key part of what Transport for the North does. So tell us a little bit more about whether it's um, how you're looking at data and how you're bringing the research to life to really add value to what we're doing. So you, you might have seen our recent uh, Northern Stats posts on Twitter and LinkedIn, uh, which were looking at the recent ONS figures uh, on labour markets and, and the economic recovery. Uh, and we've also published an insights piece uh, on the stats release uh, on the TFN website. So this research really informs our wider work at TFN uh, and we regularly publish uh, findings on the Northern Evidence Hub. Uh, and we welcome others to, to get involved and share their research on the Evidence Hub as well. Um, so these data sets uh, are produced for individual northern regions, uh, the northeast, northwest uh, and Yorkshire and the Humber. Uh, but we can combine those uh, to get a regional picture, uh, to get a pan-northern perspective. So just to take you through some of the uh, labour market findings uh, from August. Uh, so across the headline indicators, uh, which are employment, unemployment, economic activity and economic inactivity. Uh, it's a continuation of the themes that we've seen over the past 12 to 18 months, really. Um, I guess for people who are a bit uh, unfamiliar with, with, with these stats releases, uh, the economic activity rate captures the workforce of a region 
which consists of those currently in employment uh, and uh, those individuals who are actively seeking uh, employment in the past couple of weeks as well. Uh, so it really sort of combines the the employed and the, I guess, actively unemployed. The long term trend in the north is broadly similar to that of the UK as a whole, uh, but at a slightly lower rate. Uh, and that really sort of suggests uh, that there are some structural barriers in the North Labour market, which are causing it to lag behind the UK's performance. Uh, and these really are, are key for us at TFN because they include things like a lack of access to training and jobs uh, at both the local and pan-Northern level. There are uh, some slight signs of uh, recovery in the unemployment rate, both in the North and across the UK. Um, so since the turn of the year, um, the North and the UK have seen falls in their unemployment rates by 0.5 and 0.4 percentage points, respectively. Um, and that means that with a broadly constant economic activity rate, uh, the economically active uh, are more able to find employment, which is which is a good thing. Going on to look at some of the more experimental statistics uh, that the ONS produce, the number of payroll employees in the North uh, has rebounded to pre-pandemic levels. Um, which is really positive uh, because the, the UK wide figure is still around 200,000 below February 2020 levels. And, and particularly within the North, uh, there's been an observed increase of 130,000 payroll employees since April 2021, which provides uh, cause for cautious optimism, really, uh, because these additional employees are likely to be at least partly, uh, if not fully utilised within the workforce. Some of these payroll employees will, of course, be using the, the furlough scheme, uh, and there's a strong possibility that once uh, once the coronavirus job retention scheme ends at the end of September, um, we might see uh, a fall in the number of payroll employees. Um, you know, if businesses haven't fully recovered uh, or don't have the confidence that they'll be able to continue trading through the coming months, redundancies and business closures uh, could compress the number of payroll employees once the furlough scheme is withdrawn. Um, but that's something really to keep an eye on uh, in the in the next few months as that support is withdrawn. Thanks, Tom. There's clearly a real wealth of data out there that shows the potential of the North, but also the challenges. And we know that our connectivity and that's not just transport, but digital connectivity as well, really can constrain productivity if it's not right. So we really do need to keep seeing that investment to boost our economic recovery and really unleash the potential of better connecting our towns and cities and getting people to their jobs and to, to new and, and better opportunities as well. And just to let our listeners know, um, if you do want to see more of the graphs and analysis produced by Tom and the team, uh, then do head over to the news and insights sections on our website where all that data and analysis uh, has been recently published. And of course, we share the highlights of those across our social media fields as well. So, uh, Tom, previously you've been on uh, the podcast talking about the Northern Evidence Academic Forum. Uh, we have now had the third meeting of that recently. Uh, so tell us a little bit about who was involved and how that went and what's coming up in uh, number four. Yep. So the, the Northern Evidence Academic Forum uh, is a quarterly meeting uh, which was set up by the, the economics team at TFN to really draw policymakers uh, and academics together uh, to help share cutting-edge research uh, and, and get that research implemented in, in society. Uh, as you mentioned, we've, we've just had our, uh, our third session um, 
and the, the speakers there included Harriet Larrington Spencer from the University of Salford, uh, Martin Lucas Smith from Cycle Streets, uh, Dr. Caroline Mullen, uh, who's a senior research fellow at the University of Leeds, uh, and Dr. Jesse Matheson, who's a senior lecturer at the University of Sheffield. Uh, and we discussed, um, well, a wide range of things, really. We, we, we spoke about uh, low traffic and active neighbourhoods, um, low carbon mobility and, and, uh, and how that supports inclusive mobility. Uh, and also, uh, I guess, just branching off, maybe diverting from transport a little bit uh, to look at the, the impact of COVID-19 uh, and home working on the economic recovery and, and inequality within, within the North. So lots of relevant topics included there, um, looking at how local transport patterns have changed during the pandemic uh, and how we can make our active travel networks more inclusive. Um, we're also uh, now uh, in the really early stages of planning the next session, which is due to take place on Tuesday, the 16th of November uh, at 12 o'clock till, till two o'clock. Um, if you'd like to get involved or even just dial in, uh, you can do so by emailing us at research at transportforthenorth.com. Thanks, Tom, doing the uh, the good old plug there. Yeah, absolutely. If you do want to find out more about the Northern Evidence Academic Forum, there is a page on our website. If you head over to transportforthenorth.com uh, and search for Northern Evidence Academic Forum, you'll find all the details there. And as Tom says, do drop us a line uh, if you're interested in getting involved as well. And of course, we will be shouting about it on uh, social media and through our All Points North weekly email newsletter as well. So um, yeah, and anybody who didn't uh, get to watch that, do please uh, catch up again through the through the following us on social media, where we often kind of give snippets and highlights and check out all the details on the website as well. So and it's fantastic, Tom, that we're now looking forward to the uh, the fourth of those forums. So uh, big well done to to yourself and the team for coordinating such fantastic discussions with those it's really uh interesting that we always get so much engagement with a lot of questions a lot of really great ideas generated and just that sharing of information and insight and expertise is so important and uh, you can catch up with all the sessions on our youtube channel i should say as well so the recordings are all there as well uh, thank you very much, Tom, for joining us and giving us your insights on your area of work. We're now going to catch up with Emma. So welcome to you, Emma. Now, you've had some uh, very exciting research published just recently all about the visitor economy and its importance to the North. Tell us a bit about that. Hi Gemma, yes, so this, this piece of research uh, which was done with Atkins and Leisure Consultancy Limited is really the first time we've undertaken a, a comprehensive analysis of the value of the visitor economy sector in, in the north and also the role that transport plays in supporting the visitor economy. So our, our research has really highlighted just how valuable the, the visitor economy sector is to the north for example, we've identified that um, a quarter, so 25% of, of all England's tourism spending takes took place in the north, um, that, that was before, before the pandemic. And that uh, figure actually rises to 37% if you, if you don't include uh, London in those figures as well. So clearly a really, really significant economic impact. And our research estimated the, the total visitors spend 
across the north in 2019 was over 21 billion pounds. And from that, um, the North derived a, a total net GBA contribution of over 12 billion. So this is a, a really an incredibly significant sector, um, which also directly provides provides jobs for 570,000 people, um, while also supporting many more indirectly through the, the su supply chain for the sector. So we, we do need to factor this in when we're thinking about the COVID recovery and thinking about what the tourism sector might look like in the north in, in the future. We, we found that um, some of the north's big cities, um, such as Manchester, Leeds, uh, Liverpool, Sheffield and Newcastle, uh, were kind of top of the league for places to go in terms of overall visitor numbers. Um, Although also uh, we have a, a, a really wide range of uh, historical and coastal towns which are very, very popular, such as Chester, York, Scarborough and Blackpool, um, not to mention all of the Norse beautiful rural destinations such as Northumberland, County Durham, Cheshire, the Lake District, Peak District. Yorkshire Dales and the North York Moors. There were some really great statistics uh, there, clearly very impressive uh, to see it and very reassuring to know that the North is such a, a big visitor attraction. Really interested that you highlighted some of our uh, big cities there. Of course, many people uh, love a city break, so much uh, culture, shopping, all of those fantastic things to do. We've also got so many green spaces and national parks as well, which you've referenced there, which are also very popular. Now, the impact of the pandemic obviously been very uh, heavily felt with regards to public transport and usage is still lower across the board in many cases. What does the report say about uh, the challenges around public transport and getting around and how we can improve that in order to, to boost the value of the visitor economy? Yeah, so with this report, we've identified that in the north, we've actually got a, a really good opportunity currently to attract more domestic visitors uh, with the circumstances around the pandemic making it more difficult to, to go abroad currently. Uh, I'm, I'm sure most of us this summer have either been on a northern staycation or we know someone who has or perhaps we're even planning uh, one in, in the near future. However, what we also found through this research is that most visitors um, who travel to and around the north currently use a private car to get around, uh, which means we really need to consider how we manage that potential increased demand for visitor transport in a way that um, reduces congestion and carbon emissions as well. So we want to encourage more people to use public transport and active travel. Um, for their leisure journeys, but there are many things that could be improved here as well. When we spoke to Northern residents as part of this research, they told us that they often experience a number of barriers to using public transport for visitor journeys. And some of those barriers include um, um, a relatively high cost of travel, particularly um, relative to using a private car. Um, sometimes very confusing ticketing options and very often restricted levels of service, particularly in the evenings and on weekends. 
um, which may make it difficult for people to um, undertake those leisure journeys. We also found that um, rural areas particularly offer, often have poor connectivity in terms of public transport and um, we also identified a range of different accessibility and inclusion issues, particularly for, for families traveling together, for passengers with mobility or other health issues, and also those traveling with bikes, for example, or heavy luggage. So to address some of those issues, we've developed a number of recommendations as part of this study, which are intended to make transport easier to use and more sustainable and inclusive, and also better aligned to the needs of all our visitors traveling to and within the north. Some of these recommendations include uh, increased safety messaging, for example, to support and encourage travel on public transport uh, post-COVID. Promotion and development of uh, special ticket offers and packages, which would increase value for money um, for travelers, for example, by bundling um, um, train fares together with access to specific attractions or maybe even accommodation. Providing more reliable and joined up services that reduce uh, journey times and uncertainty for visitors. Developing an accessible and inclusive visitor economy. Also providing better quality active travel facilities, uh, both on public transport and once you get to your destination. Um, and also providing a, a more joined up approach as a whole across the north to better market the region to visitors and to manage transport demand as well. Really interesting. I don't think any of those uh, challenges or issues are going to be any surprise to anybody when you talk about people who are disabled or have uh, sort of health issues, traveling with heavy luggage and bicycles, things like that. Um, poor connectivity in the in rural areas which as you referenced you know encourages people to to stick to private cars because it just makes life that bit easier so there's obviously a wealth of uh, recommendations there and I know there's already lots on to consider how we can put those into practice and how we can work with the wider industry uh, to support them to to, to boost the visitor economy by enhancing transport. And I know you wanted to touch on some of the uh, the modelling work that, that kind of follows on from this as well by some of your colleagues. Yeah, absolutely. So in addition to this uh, research, um, colleagues have also been working on uh, a project um, looking to improve the um, transport modelling and appraisal um, of, of the visitor economy um, and to ensure that um, both the, the the kind of importance of the visitor economy in in different parts of the north, where the sector is really really significant and and um, accounts for a really significant portion of transport demand in that area, to ensure that that's in, reflected within our modelling and appraisal processes, but also to ensure that our business cases for transport investment can more accurately portray the, the great benefits to the visitor economy that some of our uh, transport improvements would bring. Um, so that's also worth looking out for and hopefully we'll be able to provide more detail on that in future podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. Really looking forward to, uh, to speaking to, uh, to Chris and the team about that. 
and, and also of course you know all of this work the, this, this um, research itself that you've been involved in the ongoing modeling work uh, and of course all of the the great insights and data that that, that Tom on, on his area of work uh, as, as sort of gathers and, and, and analyzes all really really supports our statutory advice the updates to our strategic transport plan business cases as emma's referenced and really does showcase uh, why it is that we're so adamant and so vocal about getting that transport investment through because we can really clearly see uh, the statistics that are there and what it's what they're telling us uh, in terms of how things could uh, could get better with the uh, with the right investment in the right projects. So that's it for today's podcast. Uh, thank you so much to Tom and Emma for joining me. And as I said at the start, we're going to do a monthly catch up with colleagues from our economics and policy teams, again, to help showcase some of the wealth of data that TFN is uh is, is gathering and working on and how it feeds into our plans and recommendations and our statutory advice that we provide to the government. So do keep your eye out for the next podcast. And of course, as Emma referenced as well, we're going to talk some more about modelling um, and visitor economy in future episodes as well. Make sure you signed up to our All Points North newsletter by the box at the bottom of the website homepage and stay tuned for more podcasts very soon. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening to the Transport for the North podcast. Don't forget you can subscribe on Spotify and SoundCloud so you never miss an episode. You can find us on Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook for all our latest updates. And join us on our website where you can find all the latest news and sign up to our All Points North newsletter.